Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Gentlemen, this is Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. It is Friday, TGIF. You remember that. Thank God it's Friday. Well, thank God for every day. And God is not only good, God is great, and God is greatly to be praised. And we thank the Lord for today. We're going to get into a wonderful broadcast today. Pastor Jeff Bass will be joining us at some point. I'm going to begin today's broadcast out of Mark chapter 11. And I want to share this with you, beginning in verse 1. And when they came down to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent forth two of his disciples and said unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as you enter into it, you shall find a colt tied, wherein never man sat loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do you do this? Say ye that the Lord has need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. You know, there's a principle there. We're going to be talking today a little bit about this. And there's an attitude here that I want you to grasp. And if uh, you're just tuning in, I I hope that people will go back to the very beginning of this broadcast. And I want you to grasp what's going on in Yeshua's heart at this point. Right now, he's telling his disciples, go and get what I need. And I believe that what he's saying to us in this passage is that we should always be in a ready position, whatever the Lord needs, and he comes to us, we need to give it up. So if the Lord says, I need that colt, well, we give up that colt. And you'll notice what happens here, and in verse 4, they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. 
And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do you do, loosing the colt? And they said unto them, even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him and sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. Now, this is very interesting. This is happening right before Passover, springtime event where Yeshua is coming to the end of his life. Not only the end of his ministry on earth, the end of his assignment, he's coming to the end of his life on this earth. Now, we know that he's alive now, and we love the Lord, and he's at the right hand of God, and we understand that. But there's something that was going on in Jesus in the last moments of his life. Uh, If we don't grasp this attitude right now, I think we're going to miss something very um, important, something very valuable. I love the Lord's attitude that is displayed in this chapter in Mark chapter 11. And again, I have needed the cult. Go get the cult. They say anything, tell them I need it. They ask them, what are you doing? The Lord needs it. They release it. Are you in that position? If the Lord says, I need something from you. Are you ready to release it? I say, yes, we are, and we're ready to do whatever the Lord wants us to do in Jesus' name. Now, notice that this event is happening days before Passover. I want you to remember this is a springtime event. We know that the new year will begin on April 2nd in the Gregorian calendar, the new year for the Hebrews. It will be 5782 in the spring of what we call 2022 on the Gregorian calendar. Now check this out. You have people are crying, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Now, in verse 10, blessed be the kingdom, they said, of our father David that, beco- that comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And just in case you don't know what that word Hosanna is, like I didn't, um, it just means to be propitious, uh, oh, save. Uh, an explanation of adoration. Oh, save us, O God. Or an explanation of adoration. Yeshua, Hosanna to the Father, right? Hosanna to the Lord. Now, going down, we read, and I want you to catch the attitude again, in verse 11. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple And when he had looked round about all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. So I want you to capture this. This is known as the triumphal entry. This is where people are walking around in front of him, around him, behind him. They're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. And, and, And there's a big triumphal parade. And he's paraded into Jerusalem. He's in now the temple. And the Lord is looking around, and he's just seeing things that had been there all along. He's, he's watching what's happening. So because it's getting late at night, he doesn't say a word. He now departs. And look what happens in verse 12. On the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. All right, so the Lord is hungry. It's the next day. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily, He might find anything thereon. So he's hungry. He's walking. He's going back to Jerusalem. uh, And he's coming from Bethany. And he he spots a fig tree. And there's leaves all over the tree. 
and he's he's wanting to eat, so he's seeing if he can find anything. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. So it wasn't even time for that fig tree to produce figs, but the Lord was looking for something from that tree. And what does it say? In verse 14, And Jesus answered and said unto it, the fig tree, No man eat fruit of me hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. So what did Jesus just do to the fig tree? He cursed it. What was the fig tree? The fig tree, many people in symbolic language refer to the fig tree as Israel. Israel is known as a fig tree. And what Israel was, what the symbolic reality is, was a tree that had a lot of leaves. It had a lot of pomp, it had a lot of ceremony, it had a lot of outer works. I mean, it looked really good. Israel had the temple, you know, they had the priests, they had all that was, they had all the leaves. But there was no fruit on that tree. And so the attitude of Yeshua at this moment was, was getting very strong. You're going to see this in just a moment. Here he is cursing a fig tree. Nobody eat fruit on you ever again. Now, if the Lord comes to our lives, are we full of fruit or are we full of leaves? And I understand that there's a ministry of the leaves in, in, in Bible prophecy. That the leaves are for the healing of the nations. But when the Lord is looking for fruit, leaves are not enough. And I think there's a lot of showmanship in the body of Christ. I think there are a lot of people that have really bushy leaves, and their leaves are, you know, wow, look at that leafy tree, but there's no fruit. And so there comes a time where the Lord observes this and says, you know what, I came looking for fruit, and I don't see any fruit. You're just an outward show. You look leafy, but this is no good. So he curses it, and some people believe that when he cursed that symbolic fig tree, that, sim, that fig tree, that actual tree that was symbolically speaking of Israel, this is when the Lord coming to the end of his life, the end of his assignment, the end of his ministry, he's bringing it to an end. He is now declaring it's over. I came to you, Israel, all these years. I came looking for fruit all these years. I poured out my life all these years. I did miracles and signs and wonders, and I brought the Father's doctrine, and I brought the truth and the light and the glory of God all these years, and yet you have no fruit. There's no fruit. Now, that's powerful because I believe that this attitude of Yeshua as he's moving forward, and you're going to see some more attitude here in just a moment, as he's moving forward, I believe that he's saying the same thing at this very moment to this nation. I really believe that this tree nation called America that the Lord is passing by, he's coming and looking after all the years of what he's sown into this nation, and he's now at the moment of saying what he did 2,000 years ago, nobody ever produced fruit from you or eat fruit from you ever again. This thing is cursed because of what we have done. He came looking for fruits of repentance, and what we have done as a nation that so many people treat lightly, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. So the Lord, I sense his attitude, and that's what I want you to capture prophetically the attitude of the Lord Jesus, this nonsense about poofy, poofy, puffy, puffy, joy, glee, hap, you know, all that stuff. That's where they were, but they didn't know that they were just moments away from being completely destroyed. I'm talking about Jerusalem and the temple in 70 AD. Now, he goes on from here after cursing this in verse 15. It says, and they come to Jerusalem. So he's back in Jerusalem. 
And Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. So here I, I, I have to believe with all of my heart, all the years that Yeshua had been going to Jerusalem and into the temple and all the times that he spent in there doing the things that he did, I have to believe he saw this condition for many years, but he never addressed it until the end of his life. Now, at the end of his assignment, the end of his ministry, the end of his life, now he goes into that temple because he knows. He's been trying to tell his disciples for years, or yet for years, what was going to happen to him, how the elders and the chief priests and the scribes were going to kill him and spit on him and, and, and crucify him. He's been telling them. But they were a little bit dull of hearing still, even though the Messiah was speaking. And so now he sees this, and he goes in, and he starts doing something, and the Lord is getting radical, if you will. The zeal of the Lord is now moving forth because it's time, because it's time. And then he said in 17, he taught, saying unto them, is it not written, my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? but you have made it a den of thieves. And unfortunately, it is a reality that many houses of worship in the land are filled with idolatry and business and trade and commerce. And rather than houses of prayer that are teaching the word of God and bringing people into a deeper walk with God, we are selling everything that you possibly can. I don't know if you noticed or not, but I advocated the sale of some shirts that I thought were very good for the season, but I'm not putting that out there right now because I know the Lord's heart on making his house a house of merchandise. This is not a marketplace, this broadcast. It is here to declare the truth of God, to bring the reality of the prophetic word for this generation. And I want you to know today that the attitude of Yeshua towards Israel 2,000 years ago, the nation that he loved and went for, the nation that he was looking for fruit on, he cursed that nation. Now he's dealing with their hypocrisy, their leafy show, their outward show, and yet there's no fruit of re genuine repentance. Everything is about the money. Everything's about the sale. Everything's about selling the sacrifice, the doves, getting the offerings, etc., etc. And so he's going through the temple right now. And it says... In verse 18, the scribes and the chief priests heard it, and they sought how they might destroy him. You've got to get this picture in your mind to understand his attitude, to understand his tone, to understand his heart. Yeshua is done. He's labored as long as he's going to labor, and he sees a non-repentant nation. Some people along the way got saved. But the time came where the Lord is now pronouncing his curse, his judgment. You'll never produce fruit again. You're going down. Now, Israel went down for over 1,900 years. The Lord is powerful. And he is speaking over this nation. I don't care how great you think it is, how powerful you think it is, how economically stable you think it is or is not. I don't care. And I don't believe the Lord cares. What you think about America, here's what I know. I know that it has sinned grossly against the Lord. I know we have slaughtered innocent blood 
murdered little babies in wombs. I know that we have men marrying men, women marrying women. We have transgender, transvestite, LGBTQ, gross community in operation and positions of power in our nation, along with all the other corruption, deception, and lies. The Lord sees it. He's always seen it, just like he saw that temple for years with their buying and selling of the sacrifices. That wasn't anything new. But at that time while he was walking, it was to win the people to the kingdom of God, his father. It was to save the nation. But there comes a time, there comes a time where the Lord says, that's it. It's done. And this is what's happening right now. And he's not through yet. I mean, you know what happened when he went into that temple. He started doing what? He's overthrowing the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves in verse 15. Okay? So now we get to this point where he is doing all this at the end of his life. It's time now. And the scribes and the chief priests are thinking how they might destroy him. So they're continuing to do what they've done all the years he was alive. Kind of like what they try to do to Donald Trump, you know, since he got into office. How do we destroy this guy? How do we destroy this guy? How do we destroy this guy? Just as an example, you can imagine what the news media just did to uh, Donald Trump in the last few years and what they're still trying to do to prevent him from coming back kind of thing. Well, you can imagine that's the same spirit that was in operation against the Son of God. And Trump is a small thing, but still you get the idea of what it looked like against his life. And so now he's telling him the truth about his father's temple. They're offended. they got to destroy him because they're making a lot of money in this business, by the way. And then it says they wanted to destroy him for they feared him. And doesn't the left fear Donald Trump? Don't they fear the patriots of this nation? They fear them, but they've got them in a position that they can't do anything. I mean, that's kind of what's happening right now. They feared him because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. They, the people loved Jesus, the common people, that is. In verse 19, and when even was come, he went out of the city. All right, so he was there until all day long. And there he was, and he was doing his thing, and he's going through the temple, and he's setting the sacrifices free, turning over the money changers. And, of course, they want to know what happened. So in the morning, in verse 20, they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. I mean, just by the word of the Lord, right? And Peter calling to remember and said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. So he's teaching them a spiritual lesson now. But the Lord, in his attitude, in his triumphal entry, in his viewing what was going on in the Father's house, the fig tree that wouldn't bear, he's coming to the moment, and I need you to get this right now. He came to the moment where it was done, and I believe the Lord revealed this for this moment, and he's saying to this country, you can keep doing all you want. Scribes and Pharisees are going to keep trying to kill the, the, the Lord, if you will. I mean, there's an element in our society, no matter what you say to it, they will not repent. We are still murdering babies. We are still marrying homosexuals. We are still allowing for the abomination that God in his word says he hates the things that are being promoted in this country. He sought repentance. There is no repentance. It's a leafy show in all politics and government, military. It's all a leafy show 
And the Lord is saying, and you're hearing it right now by the Spirit of the Lord, it's over. There is not going to be any salvation of this country. It's going down. In other words, he's saying, cut it down. Well, there are people that will stand on top of cars that are burning, shouting, burn the bee down, right? Burn the bee down. There are elements in our society that want to burn this country to the ground and kind of bring their own up, if you will. So I, I warn you today that this is the word of the Lord. And now, how long it's going to take between the word of the Lord and its fulfillment, I don't know. I leave that in the hands of God. But I do know this. I know that the word of the Lord today is that you will never bear fruit again as a nation. And you need to prepare for that, quite frankly. Now, he goes on after verse 21. And Peter, calling to remember and said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus taught them to have faith in God. And he said in 23, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, I want you to put this in context, because people for years have taught, Oh, I'm going to speak to that pink Cadillac. I'm going to speak to that new house. I'm going to speak my word of faith to get what I want. But in context, is that what he's really teaching? Or in context, is he giving them spiritual authority so when their environments do not become conducive to the Lord's mind, they'll have the ability, like Elijah, to shut up the heavens for three and a half years, call forth a famine on this earth, or curse a fig tree like Jesus just did. All right, so this is what we're, we're we have to learn these things. Okay, we have to learn these things. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. See, I put this in the context of God's continual education and equipping and mantling of his disciples because he's ready to leave and they need to know they have spiritual authority, not for pink Cadillacs and new houses and all that stuff, to progress the kingdom of God and to deal with things that are not right. There are moments when a prophet of God says something, you know, you get Elijah and he says, it's done. You're going to have no rain for the next three and a half years. It doesn't rain. And there are two prophets in the book of Revelation that are going to say some things in the right season. Verse 25, and when you stand praying, forgive. Got to do that, folks. And if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So make sure you forgive when you pray. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. So he's like, keep it clean amongst yourselves. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Have salt in yourselves. He's ministering to his apostles. He's teaching them. And I'm not saying you can't ask God for things in prayer. We should make our requests known. But in context, I see this as a very powerful thing that the Lord is teaching. Now, in verse 27, and they come again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, there come to him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And they said unto him, by what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority to do these things? And I love Jesus' attitude. And Jesus answered and said unto them, I'll ask you a question. You answer me, and I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. Uh, the, uh, The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? You answer me. Now, you have to understand this happened years ago. This is Jesus after the John the Baptist in his message, right? So he's talking to these people that want to kill him all of his time he was on the earth. 
And he's asking them about this question. And they reason with themselves saying, well, if we shall say this from heaven, he will say, then why didn't you believe him? And if we say of men, they feared the people of all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed. So they answered and said unto Jesus, we cannot tell. And Jesus answered and said unto them, neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. It's attitude. And I wanted you for just a moment to capture the attitude and how the Lord is bringing things. I mean, he was ministering in that nation for three and a half years, particularly, and he was doing miracles, signs, wonders. He's looking for fruit, looking for fruit. And he found some among the common people, but for the nation itself, the Jewish people, the scribes, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, all of that thing that was going on, it didn't budge. All it was was leaves. Check yourself. I'll do the same. Are you a leafy tree or a fruit-filled tree? Because if you're nothing but a leafy tree and the Lord requires something of thee and you don't have to offer, watch out. If the Lord's been coming to your life like the parable, dung around it to this year and next year and we'll see if it bears fruit. One more year. Give us one more year. If not, cut it down. Are you producing fruit? Am I producing fruit? Where are you in your spiritual journey with God? It's something important, but on a much larger level, I believe that the same Yeshua that came to an end of time with a nation he was trying to bring back to God in truth has labored in this nation, and the time has come. So you could go on and play all the games you want to play. You go on and do anything you think is tootsie-wootsie, whatever you want to do, and think everything will be all right, and keep playing. Do it all you want to, because that's what the people did until they were destroyed. But you, as a believer, need to wake up, understand what time it is, and that's the word of the Lord I wanted to begin with today. And now I want to go to my dear friend and brother, all the way from Virginia, Pastor Jeff Bass. He's going to talk to us about some things going on in our country. So good morning, Pastor Jeff. God bless you, sir. Welcome to the broadcast. You are on the air. Hey, good morning, Pastor Vincent. I hope you're doing great. I am doing great. I want to get my settings straight here, make sure that everybody can hear you. So uh, good morning again. <laughs> good morning. Hey, it's been a long night, man. I tell you, uh, we had talked uh, months ago and stuff. I told you that uh, during that time, God had me in a season where I was waking up early in the morning and couldn't go back to sleep and praying. So that was the, the case last night, the last couple of nights, man. It's just just a stirring in my spirit and my soul to 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 pray, not only just for the body of Christ, but for this nation from the perspective of what is about to come, which I don't know specifically. So when I don't know, I just I just pray, Lord, you know, your will be done. Protect us and keep us. And that's just what I do. Amen. So what are you getting? What is what is the information? Well, I, I just I just feel an uneasiness. I I, I just think that um I don't I don't know exactly what's gonna happen. I mean if we recall, I think it was last year, I think it was on Christmas morning, remember the the explosion in Nashville? Yes. We wake up on Christmas morning that, that I don't know exactly what it was. It was a false flag or whatever, but the, but where uh, near, I think it was outside of the FBI agency or something in Nashville. I'm not saying or prophesying or anything like that, that something would happen like that or whatever, but I just think, uh, I know the scripture says, 
when when people say peace is safety, sudden destruction. So so I don't know. I I just feel led to pray that 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 God would intervene uh, and protect us, whatever may whatever may come. Amen. Amen. Well, again, you know, what's happening right now, I looked a little bit at, at a news video out of the Apple News on my app, and, you know, they're talking immediately, Pastor Jeff, and th- these are just prophetic things that, that we're seeing, and all of a sudden, Americans face an uncertain and anxiety-filled holiday season for the second consecutive year as the highly contagious Omicron variant threatens to intensify an already alarming surge of COVID-19 cases. We have a prophetic word, I believe came from the Holy Spirit, that beginning in January, there's gonna be an acceleration for forced vaccinations, mandates, some that we've never heard before. And it's gonna be one of the most pressing things upon this entire nation and around the world for this control. And and those who are gonna resist are gonna come under a mild persecution. There's gonna be propaganda against them. They're gonna become demonized until they're dehumanized, like some friends said. And again, this is part of what the uneasiness is, I believe, in the spirit. And so, you know, if you feel led to speak into that, have the freedom to do so. And what are some of the other things going on in our country that people maybe can identify? This is why I'm feeling uneasy. Well, you and I are typically always on, uh, and to God be the glory, seems to be on one accord. My articles that I have today basically uh, deals with the Omicron and, and 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 the fear mongering and so forth that that I wanted to share, but before I say that, I I I just kind of watch the signs and the seasons. I know uh, in scripture it talks us about in the times of uh, Issachar, you know, the seasons and the times. And so my point being, because I I feel and you do too that just like you said, is this is the second year in a row where during the holiday seasons you know, the fear machine is kind of cranked up and stuff. And we know that that's not by happenstance. It is intentional. Take, for example, and then I'm going to read these articles, a couple of articles that ties into to the Omicron. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, ashamed of it. I'm a sports fan. I grew up, I played a little, little baseball and basketball was growing up. But the whole point is, so I watched some of the sports. I love college basketball and different stuff like that. But long story short, if, for those who may not watch sports, uh, what's been going on over the last week, you notice that the NHL are postponing games. And they're saying, like, even the NFL has about 70 – this was of, of yesterday – about 75 NFL, player, NFL players are, uh, uh, have COVID or they're in the protocol. And uh, a couple of college, uh, you know, you know, college basketball teams just postponed some basketball games. I think UCLA was one and, and on and on. But the whole point is, if we think back, this is how it started <laughs> back when when we had the first lockdown. So if they keep their same MO, you know, you start to fear, you know, now the sports and then they're going to say we're going to need the lockdown because, you know, all of this and all of that. And I've got these articles to back what I'm saying. Um, the first one comes from Zero Hedge. And it was it, uh, it was from yesterday, excuse me. And it says Fauci set stage for Omicron panic. Warns hospitals could be quote overwhelmed within weeks. And it says Dr. Anthony Fauci on yesterday predicted that the Omicron variant will likely be the dominant strain in the U.S. within quote a few weeks. 
and that hospitals may become overwhelmed this winter. Fauci's caveat was that the number of vaccinated individuals, especially those with booster shots, will leave them relatively well against severe disease, and that he's most worried about the unvaccinated. With uh, This is Fauci speaking. With Omicron breathing down our neck, down our backs, excuse me, things could get really bad, particularly for the unvaccinated, he said during an event hosted by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Fauci went on to say, the vaccinated and those who are boosted, I believe, will be relatively well protected, at least against severe disease. But then the article says about that, though, South Africa doesn't appear to be having problems despite just 23% of the population having been vaccinated, besides the toll of suffering and death, which will inevitably go up if, in fact, we have that convergence in the winter months of flu and Omicron and Delta, we could get our hospital systems overwhelmed, Fauci said. The Biden administration has emphasized that boosters are the best response to the new variant and has dismissed the idea of further business closures. Of course, we know that this is me interjecting now that they said Biden said he wasn't going to have mandates, but we saw what happened in September. And it says, ask about business closures. Fauci said, it's going to really depend on how well we do uh, the interventions, like wearing masks in indoor public settings and getting booster shots. He went on to say, if we do that. I don't believe we'll have to be doing any kind of shutdown with regard to businesses in your community. For anyone paying attention, a new Omicron variant has been described by officials around the world as far more transmissible, transmissible yet more less mild or more mild in comparison to other COVID-19 strains. And it lastly, it says, in other words, the nuance here is in the denominator, and by leaving out the part about that uh, uh, Omicron is mild, Fauci is intentionally scaremongering. So that's my first article. What, what's yeah, your that's take? Absolutely. Well, my my first take. I'm, I'm reminded that last night I was watching for just a moment the Ingram angle when we get back from our Bible study. And uh, Laura Ingram was uh, interviewing a young lady from the Bronx, I believe it was, that was arrested in a restaurant because she was eating food and uh, she was not vaccinated. And so she did a really cool interview with this young lady. And um, you just begin to see the the waves of of this lie. They're going to push it. They're going to push it. They're going to push it. And their pushing is going to create a pressure against those who don't. And those who don't are really through propaganda this nation and around the world, people are going to be really hating them. And then you brought it up also, I think, that uh, these young athletes not only are, are getting sick, but they're dying. They're showing young athletes having heart attacks and dying all over the, the world. And so I don't know what's going on, what, what they're doing. Um, but, again, forced vaccinations, even Elon Musk, he's, they're saying he's the new voice of the patriot movement that uh, all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's fully into vaccinations, but in America, you shouldn't force people to do anything. And so we'll see how long it takes for them to treat him like they did Donald Trump, uh, because it's against their narrative. But uh, again, excellent article. Well, I'm going to send you, an, uh, I'll send this to you. Um, the article says 318 athlete cardiac arrest, serious issues, 178 dead after COVID shot to sideline athletes with illness not included in this report. And, and it's a pretty exhaustive, so that's why 
I won't take take up the time because I want to continue in this vein. But yeah. it talks about the list of injuries like cardiac arrest, blood clots, thrombosis, stroke, arrhythmia, neuropathy, death, irregular heartbeat, and it lists from January. You know how at the end of the year when we see these awards, they talk about people who had passed during the year and stuff like that. Uh, they've got a, a a list, Pastor, from January of this year to a couple days ago. All of the athletes, a lot of them, of course, we don't, you know, they're not famous, uh, a lot of them. But, for example, a guy, a Wisconsin basketball player, collapsed in a, in a break at the start of the half. CPR with a defibrillator transferred by hospital by ambulance. Uh, in April, he had open-heart surgery, and he now has a defibrillator inserted near his abdomen. Hank Aaron, former baseball player, pro baseball Hall of Famer, he died. And it goes on and on and on. Most They even mention uh, the uh, Denver Bronco, 33-year-old Demarius Thomas. You know, uh, they say they found him in his home uh, in the bathtub after he had had a seizure, but, you know, there's kind of some shaky stuff there. So mainstream media is not going to give us this. It, it's, you know, you have to get it from other sources and stuff, you know, alternative news, but uh, – is real and it's true. Yeah, they're dying. They're dying all over the world. We've got a video that we'll show maybe next week. Um, you know, somebody's saying, what, what's going on here? And it shows all these athletes from across the country, headline newspaper ads of these people dying of heart attacks on the field in the midst of a game. Or, uh, and you've got numbers 318 uh, have been afflicted just in that area, 178 dead, very healthy athletes. Amazing. And have been vaccinated. But, yeah. Yeah. But, but see, that's the thing for, for um, uh, my discernment of it. They want to keep keep the, the, uh, the pressure on the unvaccinated, but it's like, you know, uh, an article had come out earlier this year that said that we're going to unfortunately start seeing a lot of the vaccinated die. So, you know, if they yeah. didn't have another narrative, people would be questioning why are these people dying? What is all of this? So they've got to they've got to turn the narrative. But that's what's going on here. And I read I read that article about the Omicron and, and Fauci from Zero Hedge. But then if we go to uh, another out of this country article from from now the end begins, uh, it says the article says, "Have you got the sniffles, a headache, or fatigue? You probably got Omicron." An analysis of cases in London where Omicron is growing most rapidly reported the most common signs of the virus between December 3rd and 10th were a runny nose, headache, fatigue, sneezing, and a sore throat. None of these are the classic signs of the virus that Britons are warned to watch for. A new continuous cough, high temperature, or change slash loss of their sense of taste and smell. Epidemiologist Professor Tim Spector, lead scientist of the Zoe Symptom Tracking Study, has urged Britons to keep an eye out for these telltale signs of Omicron in the run-up to Christmas and before meeting friends and relatives. He said, hopefully people now recognize the cold-like symptoms which appear to be the predominant feature of Omicron. Omicron symptoms are predominantly Cold symptoms, runny nose, headache, sore throat, sneezing. So people should stay at home as it might well be COVID, he said. Ahead of Christmas, if people want to get together 
and keep vulnerable family members safe out of recommending limiting social contact. Now, that's what he said, but the whole point is uh, they're looking at it like it's not deadly or will kill you like, like you know, they were saying the original COVID. They're saying it's pretty much the symptoms, you know, sniffles, runny nose, headache, fatigue, cold-like symptoms. But, again, we see the difference in what they're discovering and what our quote unquote experts here in America are saying they're 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 pumping up that fear mongering to get people oh you know you, you, this this omicron man it's it's you know we could shut everything down it could it, you know it's it's deadly you know and people if if you're not aware you know you listen to the media i mean that's 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 what you believe i mean I know you're in Arkansas and here I'm in Virginia, and I can't cut on the local news. That's why I don't watch it that much. When you cut it on, the first thing is going to be about COVID or now Omicron. Or they're talking about last night, I had it on just for a second to, uh, to get the weather update, and the lead story was uh, several schools here in, 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 in our area in Virginia are going to go back to online learning because, they're, because of the fear of Omicron. Wow. Yeah. And so, again, fear is the, is the virus. I wish that I could have Pastor Kevin Honeycutt join us on this program. He told me a story. A lot of people out there know who Pastor Kevin Honeycutt is uh, in Tennessee. And I, I shared the story with you for a moment, too, Pastor Jeff, that um, I called him last week uh, after the tornadoes hit in Kentucky and all of that and wanted to know how he was doing. And we had a conversation and we were talking. He says, man, we're fine. He said, but I just got through with a funeral. Uh, uh, and I said, well, what happened? And he said, well, there were two people in, a, in his church that he had been mentoring and training and equipping. And it was a husband and wife. And, um, you know, they were all, nobody's taking the vaccinations out there. Everybody was very healthy. Everybody's doing good. They made a decision until we know the truth. We don't want to proceed in doing anything. And so um, his wife, just days before this tornado hit, um, she got the sniffles and she started coughing and she got afraid and she went to the doctor and she walked in around one o'clock in the afternoon or so, whenever it was, it was a four hour span from her going in and what happened at the end. And he said that she went in, uh, they started looking at her vitals, they gave her a vaccination, they gave her a shot. A couple hours, she started uh, responding. Her body started doing something. Uh, the husband got a call, and he went to the hospital, and they would not let him see her for over an hour. And then she died right there because she went in for the sniffles and a cough. The doctors took hold of her, and she died. And the pastor had to do the funeral. And the husband was devastated because they, he didn't know they were gonna, she was going to go to the doctor for sniffles and a cough. And, uh, but that's a true story. That's not make-believe. That's not imaginative or dramatic or political. That really happened. And Pastor Kevin Honeycutt could share that story at some point and, you know, just confirm that what we just said is absolutely true. So if a lot of people get concerned over a cough and the sniffles and run to the doctor, within a four-hour span, they may never walk out again. No, you're absolutely right. And that's the – Pastor – Story like that break my heart because that's the tragedy of it. That's the tragedy. I mean, to me, most people, would, we all would say, man, I trust the doctor. 
you know, to an extent, of course, we know we trust God, but 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 you know what I'm saying in in, in the natural, sure. man. If I can't trust my doctor, who can I trust? And and stuff and and people I've talked to in the past, or whatever. Come on, Pastor. I I just I can't believe, you know, some of the things that, that you shared on the show and that I've shared uh, about a lot of the uh, ungodly stuff that's going on behind the scenes. The pot, you know, for the power, the greed, the money, and so forth. They just they can't wrap their minds around it. Right. That we're in a season where it's it's probably best not to go to the doctor with 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 uh, symptoms like that. Then you know, than to treat it yourself. You know, to try to you know do whatever because you go in expecting to be uh, 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 helped, taken care of. Unfortunately, you don't come out. It, it, and again. But that cre- to me, Pastor, that creates more fear. I've talked to some of my members who have lost loved ones, their their mother or their grandmother or whatever relative. And, be, you know, it, it's like not the term beat a dead horse, but it's like uh, 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 hitting the air because they don't want to hear me giving them the truth about what's really going on because they're only going by, and, and I understand it, so it's not a put down. Their emotions. I lost a loved one, and, and and so therefore I'm willing to do whatever it is, whatever it takes. And that's the, that's the tragedy because I believe the globalists and the people who are, of course, as we know behind all this, that's what they're. That's the reaction they're wanting. They're wanting this to create enough fear to cause people to now react. This is in my opinion to to to, uh, to say, hey. You know, I've got my sleeve rolled up. You know, hit me with your best shot. Come on, do it. Because otherwise, I don't want to. I don't want to die like my relative, or I don't want to do this. So, so I do anything, but not knowing the tragedy of of what's in the you know the shot and so forth yeah. or, or whatever. That's that's how I put it. So, again, that's fear. Fear of what may happen to me, which what happened to to someone I know or love. And stuff. So again, the enemy is 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 using people to gin up fear, and using people to be afraid of the consequences. Amen. You know, uh, yesterday we and that was so well said. And I know you have more you can share with us. Um, I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Darren Chappelle, and Darren, you know, a Marine uh, involved in a, some sort of uh, counterintelligence was in special ops and all these different things. And not only did we have an opportunity to listen to him on radio yesterday, but I had an opportunity to spend some time with him afterwards. And as we were traveling around, you know, he just went deep into things that he could never be able to say on radio. And he shared some things and we came to an ultimate conclusion. And he said, you know, we know what's happening with the greed, the corruption that you just talked about and the cheating, I mean, the outright and the billions of dollars and the money being made and the corruption and greed and how they could care less about, you know, the general population, you know, the sheeple. And he just said, you know, I know and we know, but there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. And so the thing you have to do, because we could talk about it and, you know, we could shout out to the emperor, you know, whatever we want to, but... The only thing that we have that maybe the nations don't have yet, and we hope it would change, is that we have a, a king and a kingdom, and his name is Jesus, and it's the kingdom of God. 
and we have eternal spirit, eternal life, that no matter what happens in this world, we have an eternal perspective. We always keep tuned into and on this earth. We just go about, and as long as there's light in our, in our lamps, as long as we have oil, as long as we're here, you go out and you live your life. You, get, you do your part before the Lord. You honor him. You live the way he wants you to live. And then whatever the results may be, but you never bow down. You never, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you never bow down to the king's edict because it's not about the edict. It's just about the control. You're going to do what we tell you to do. And it's becoming like that right now with this, this governmental power. You're going to do what we tell you to do. You're going to bow down and worship when you hear this sound. And if you don't, you're going into the fiery furnace. And people of God need to understand. We realize what's happening, but you can't do anything about it. It is biblical in a sense. And when I say you can't do anything about it, I mean changing uh, what's going on. Jesus couldn't even change what was going on in Jerusalem. He was there three and a half years. Jesus Christ, God himself, and he did not change what was going on in Jerusalem. So the time came where he said, it's done. You're going down. And that's it. I've done my, I've done everything I could. That's kind of where we are right now. And so each individual, Pastor Jeff, has to live according to the Spirit of God and according to the life that God has given them. Well, excuse me. For the most part, I agree. And I think the good thing about this platform, we can agree to disagree. I'm yes, not disagreeing with, with with your premise, but I look at it from the spec from the perspective. There is something we can do. I agree with what from from what uh, uh, the brother from yesterday and you said to me though in the natural because we tried natural uh, 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 techniques. I mean, um, we know what happened <laughs> in November of 2020 and everything and everything with the you know voting and stuff. So I'll say like that because we don't want to get censored here and stuff like that. So. My point is, from the we can't put our hope and trust in a man. It's got to be in Jesus, and we've got to fight this battle from a spiritual perspective. And so, what I do, and I'm not saying you in, but 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 I'm just telling you what my research. I went and have studied how did God deal with the enemies, natural enemies. What He did, like I've said many times before, he. Uh, uh, Jehoshaphat, which is Second uh, Chronicles 20, which is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I'll get to that in just a second. You mentioned uh, in Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Also, Daniel himself. Uh, I just taught this earlier this year in a Bible study about how, to me, the similarities between what happened in Daniel's time and right now. The king, you know, they, uh, they come up with an edict. Biden tries to come up with a mandate and, and, and so forth. The people, for the most part, they buy in, not Daniel. So the, uh, uh, the snitches go to Daniel's house and find Daniel and go back and tell the king, hey, we went, we went to Daniel's house. This is a paraphrase. We went to Daniel's house and, yo, king, guess what? He was doing what he was doing yeah. before you're eating. We find him praying. He was facing Jerusalem, but he's praying three times a day. So to me, the example is we got to do what Daniel did. We got to do what the uh, the gang did in Second Chronicles chapter 20, when three armies came against Jehoshaphat and stuff. What did he do? He 
he uh, fear came up at first, but then he went and and he prayed and he and he fasted and he heard from God. God told him he had to fight in the battle. He told him he had to do three S's: set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Set, stand, and see. And then he also told him the battle is not yours; it's the Lord's. So people look at that, but what he to me what he said: you're you're not gonna you're not gonna beat beat them with spears or whatever they were using, bows and swords back then. This this is a spiritual battle. So you got to do exactly what I tell you to do. So that, that next morning they went down and met the armies, and, and uh, but the instructions were you're not going to physically fight them. Some are going to, we're going to appoint some singers, and we're going to appoint some praisers. The singers sing, and the praisers praise. When I taught that, I told them, all you singers, don't try to praise, you sing. You praise and praise and don't sing. <laughs> So that would have been me because I can't sing, but I sure can praise. So therefore, I put me on the praise team. So when they went out, they said, praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. The singers sing that. The praisers praise that. Don't do anything else. They did that. It confused the army. The Bible says uh, God set ambushments. I think that is in Second Chronicles 2020. We're getting re- ready to come on 2020. So we got to pray that God will set ambushments against everything that the enemy is trying to do, not only in America and in this world, because your will be done, God, not ours. So that's what we've got to do, exactly like what they did in uh, uh, um, uh, 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 Judah did in Jehoshaphat, with Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles chapter 12. That's how I look at it. That's what we can do. We can pray. We can fast. We can get to uh, 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 gather, gathering prayer groups, which I've already been doing. Uh, Matthew eighteen twenty. when two or three are gathered together in my name, the Bible says, I am there in the midst of them. So we got to fight this battle covert. You know, there could be people, we, we've talked about it. I'm not against people that want to go out and protest. I'm not against people that, that whatever, uh, 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 contact your, your, your politicians. Continue to do what you're doing. But I've been praying behind the scenes. God, you only you can do this. Amen. And we have to organize and mobilize groups of people Small groups to to, to, uh, to do that. Now that's just my take on it, and I have I just gave you script, scriptural support and, and 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 proof of it. So uh, the people want to join me to do that, do it, you know. But that's that's how I view it, Pastor. Well, I think it's an incredible view, and I I, I agree with much of what you said. But about our conversations, Pastor Jeff, we do get to uh, agreeably and lovingly agree and disagree at times with things. And while I totally agree that Judah represented the remnant, and that there is a remnant in the house called America, this is a house, and uh, there's a remnant here that needs to gather together and pray for their own well-being, protection, and safety, and blessing, um, the idea of saving, because here we have in the New Covenant Jesus coming to Jerusalem, where he's been ministering for years, he probably prayed for the people of Jerusalem for years, but the time came where, okay, you guys have pushed the point of no return. It's now you're going down, but to that remnant, you need to pray. Here's what I'm telling you to do. You need to pray and look for these signs, and when these things begin to come to pass, you need to know it's going to be time to flee. And so stay in your prayer. Do what you do. Live your life as a believer, as a remnant believer, producing fruit. Where? Because there are some absolutes that, um, you know, are going to happen. Uh, I believe when Jesus said that you're going to cut the tree down, he cursed that tree, and it was symbolically against them, no, none of the prayer of the world was going to change what was going to happen in 70 AD. And I do not believe anything is going to pray to change America, to bring it back to God's glory. 
I believe that a final word has been spoken, and the time we have right now among the remnant is to get the remnant to get itself together to be able to go through what the Great Tribulation would bring. And by the way, Pastor Jeff, I don't know too many sermons that we have on the weekends where we're not proclaiming Second Chronicles 2020. I just tell the people, come on, praise the Lord with all your heart. Sing unto the Lord, and the Lord will set ambushments for your enemies. So we're on the same page. What are your thoughts? Amen. No, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, 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 let me clarify. I, what you've been pro- prophesying and speaking, I don't believe that, and, and, and I'm in agreement, <laughs> I do believe the, the fate of America and everything you say is sealed. But I, but I believe that just what you just said about the remnant and, and, and the preparation, I, I also believe scripturally that we can delay the inevitable to an extent. Because I think about with Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, and God said if if he could find 50 righteous, or, or, or he asked God, he said, okay, 50, but, but, but you couldn't find 50. And it kept dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. So, you know, if, if, if they could have found those, it could have possibly uh, turned or delayed it. And, and you know, other scenarios, I, I, I had one when you were speaking, but, I, but I, uh, another biblical example, but the whole point is, I, I believe what's going to happen is going to happen. Oh, yeah, I know the one. In Judges, many examples, because the Bible says after Joshua died, there was a generation that did not know God. And then, you know, they did all their stuff. They did idolatry, everything, and God raised up judges. And then people would cry out and repent and everything, and, 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 and God would deliver them. And then there, uh, in those passages, it would say, and there would be peace. You know, God would give them a respite, so to speak, for 40 years or 70 or however many years. But then, of course, they would go right back to doing what they were doing. But in, 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 to me, in God's mercy and favor and, and, and kindness, that he didn't just allow them to be taken out. Then he honored their seeking him. They're uh, uh, chasing after him, longing for him, their repentance and so forth. So that's how I'm looking at it. I'm not I, – I I'm with you. I mean, it's going to happen. You know, I, I think we're too far gone, you know, for it not to happen, for the, for the judgment not to come, you know, you know, the famine, the sword, and the pestilence, and the war, and all of that. I, I do believe that. But, I just, but I'm just saying for the remnant, in the meantime, in between time, this is what – I refuse to fear. I, I I want to be a part of the remnant that's praying, that's and, and watching God do what He's going to do, and and watch Him answer the prayer of the righteous. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So that's all. I'm, that's that's my take on that. We are in so much agreement, you, my brother, from the same mother, because the the mother yeah. of us all is the Jerusalem above. So, man, I love you so much, and we are in agreement. And, and just we, we've got plenty of time here, and I, I know you probably have another article or so to, to share. Uh, but this is a great time. I just want to just look at this. Uh, this is a prophetic word a week ago. This is on a Saturday morning, 7:30 a.m. And I just want to lightly touch on that. Is this is that okay with you? Yes, sir. Go ahead. All right. So this, and I and I just put the notes up here. Okay, this is what we wrote out here. It's a little couple of pages of notes, and. <clears throat> A day star is arising in our hearts. And I think this really complements what you just said. 
There is a beacon light ready to shine for a path that leads to a refuge from the storm. The following word was given to me on Saturday, December 11th at approximately 7.30 a.m. The word began with a scene in my mind. First, I saw Joe Biden again, surrounded by a few people in somewhat of a dark suit. There was urgency, and I knew the urgency was for mandatory vaccination. I then heard these words. The acceleration of end-time events will come rapidly in 2022. The Spirit said there will be four major shifts in 2022 in the Gregorian calendar. He spoke to me of the tachometer, which he said was a measurement of speed. Then he said the first shift would come between January 2022 and March 2022. This is the first quarter of the year. He then said the second shift would occur from April through June. He said that the third shift would come from July to September, and the fourth shift would come from October to December. The shifts that were spoken of can be likened to a race car shifting gears up to high speeds. The Spirit told me that the Bible spoke of this in the book of Revelation in the first chapter concerning the Greek word entakos, meaning with speed. Then I looked up the word tachometer after hearing what the Spirit was saying, and here's what I found. The definition of a tachometer is an instrument with, which measures the working speed of an engine especially in a road vehicle, typically in revolutions per minute, a device for indicating speed of rotation. A tachometer is literally a speed measurer. Since the Greek root tach means speed, this is clear in the names of the tachyon, a particle of matter that travels faster than the speed of light, fast that it's impossible to see with any instrument. The tachycardia, a medical condition in which the heart races uncontrollably, And since the speed that an auto tachometer measures is speed of rotation of the crankshaft, the numbers of reports are revolutions per minute or RPMs. Then let's talk about the four shifts. Number one, mandatory vaccinations. According to what I saw and what I heard, this will be the main concentration during the first quarter of the year. Right around April, a new shift will occur that will concentrate on those who refused the mandate to be vaccinated. There will also be within this first shift new mandates that will assist in securing the ultimate goal, forced vaccination. So I believe the Holy Spirit said, get ready, church, get ready, remnant, that between January and March, there is going to come an exponential speed shift of everything we've known right now. It's going to shift so fast, and there's going to be this forced vaccination. Number two, persecution. Through April to June, as spring and summer begin to come forth, those who refused the vaccinations will begin to lose their rights and benefits to enjoy societal bliss, i.e. going to a ball game, shopping at the mall, going on vacation, etc. It will begin with soft persecution, but the winds will increase as the days, weeks, and months pass. As we speak, over 80% of the population in Australia have cooperated with the authorities and have been vaccinated. Three, stigmatization. July through September will pave the way for stigmatization. The definition of a stigma is a mark of shame or discredit. Stain also is an identifying mark or characteristic, the characteristic being one who cooperates or one who does not, of a specific diagnostic sign of a disease. 
A further stigma is a degrading and debasing attitude of the society that discredits a person or a group because of an, an attribute such as an illness, deformity, color, nationality, religion, being vaccinated. The resulting coping behavior of affected person results in internalized stigma. This perceived or internalized stigma by the discredited person is equal, equally destructive whether or not actual discrimination occurs. Stigma destroys a person's dignity, marginalizes uh, affected individuals, um, or it marginalizes whether or not actual discrimination occurs or, or affected individuals. It violates basic human rights, markedly diminishes the chances of a stigmatized person of achieving full potential and seriously hampers pursuit of happiness and contentment. Also, according to the Webster's New World Dictionary, the short definition of stigma is a mark of disgrace or reproach. Now, um, I just, I'm gonna go fast forward here to number four, the collapse, because um, the word propaganda came up. Many in the church are gonna be demonized uh, uh, by the stigmatization and dehumanized. All, all anti-vaxxers will become the target of a propaganda campaign, the likes of Nazi Germany. Propaganda, this is the definition, information, especially of biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. So Garth S. Jowett and Victoria O'Donnell provide a clear and concise propaganda definition in their book, Propaganda and Persuasion, written in 2014. They write, propaganda is the deliberate, systematic attempt to shape perceptions, manipulate cognitions, and direct behavior to achieve a response that furthers the desired intent of the propagandist. In other words, propaganda is a systematic method of manipulation, and it's quite a successful one. Propaganda has been employed extensively in the political sphere since the 19th century to further various agendas by politicians, opposing candidates, and special interest groups. Propaganda is used to highlight negatives or positives of an idea, a person, or legislation. Hitler used propaganda extensively to promote his anti-Semitic ideas and his vision of Germany in a post-World War era. And then briefly, number four, collapse. By October through December 2022, a further collapse will occur in the United States as well in other parts of the world. A collapse of morality, family, freedom, joy, peace, etc. The world will become an impossible place for the righteous elect to live in, even as Lot could not endure the wickedness and corruption in Sodom, so shall the elect of God be fixed daily by the filthy, unfair conduct of the wicked world that shall arise. And the definition for collapse is simply to fall down or give, it, give way, to fall down and become unconscious. And I think that's happening right now. A lot of people, they are unconscious of what's happening, typically through illness or injury of an institution or undertaking to fail suddenly and completely, an instance of a structure falling down, to break down completely, disintegrate, to suddenly lose force, significance, effectiveness, or worth, a breakdown in vital energy, strength, or stamina, a state of extreme prostration and physical depression, a sudden failure, breakdown, room. So remember where we began today in, in this prophecy, the day star that is rising in our hearts 
will guide our path to right places within the kingdom of Christ. We are not going to be caught out if we pay attention to what we are hearing, seeing, and witnessing with our own eyes and ears and understanding with our hearts. In 2 Peter 1.19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Remember, there is an anointing for vitality, energy, and strength. Remember, there is a blessing that comes from being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. Remember, there is oil for your lamp. Be a wise virgin and prepare for what you have heard. And remember, do not allow your love to become overcome by fear. Pastor Jeremy, this was a week ago. This was last Saturday. These are the things that God has put in my heart. I believe they're true, and I believe they're consistent with that five-month call just nearly two months ago. Your thoughts? Amen. Man, I, man pass the plate, brother. Man, I tell you, man, that, that was rich. I, um, I wrote down three words here. I mean, just so much to unpack that you, you know, that you gave us. Three words I wrote down were propaganda, daystar, and racetrack. Let me start with racetrack. You probably remember um, I shared with you. I may I, I may have even shared it on on your radio broadcast, but I know I shared it with you back here. Probably I don't know if it was last year, but I was but, but when I was having these dreams. And I told you that I went on this, if, if you remember, I told you I went on this set. Do, do you remember that dream I told you that uh, in the yes. dream I, I, I went out of one room and I went in, uh, onto yes. like a, just like if you leave out of your room and you step into another room, but it, it was a movie set. Correct. And I, I and, do and, recall. And on that set, yeah, I told you about that. And on this set, uh, the people were watching uh, the continual like on a loop of the uh, Kennedy assassination. And so then I stepped out of that into like a, like, like on a patio or outside the door. And uh, I asked the person what was going on. And he said, well, they just like to sit around and, and watch that and whatever. And I'm thinking it's sick. And then we were, it was like a racetrack. Remember I told you like a NASCAR, so like a racetrack there and i didn't and i and i think i even remember telling you and you said well pastor Jeff, what is it what is the lord saying to you about that i said i have no idea mm-hmm. and stuff so as you were saying that i guess god is giving the uh you know taking them like giving you the baton and going on talking about the shifts that's going to take place and 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 the race car so that kind of spoke to me from that uh the propaganda part um, the last, well, the not way, the last but one of the articles. Go ahead. Excuse me, Pastor Jeff. I am so sorry for the interjection, but just the other day, uh, those release of emails. Now I was watching on Newsmax two days ago how they brought out the you know further information about the JFK assassination. So it was it's coming out into the open again, along with this in your vision, the racetrack JFK that we're watching. So again, a connection. Go ahead. Right. Right, and, and and even there was something about Trump in there that I won't share, but but that, you know, that during the, with 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 the JFK type thing. But but anyway, the propaganda piece. The last thing I had, uh, as far as which, which ties into what you were just saying, the articles. You know, I I, I read two articles about uh, Fauci and Omicron, 
This one was from the burning platform, and it said they needed the Omicron variant. And it said Fauci, Biden, and their band of merry variant-teers began to see their fear narrative dissipating around Thanksgiving. Cases had fallen from 175,000 per day in mid-September to the 70,000 range in late November, down 60% and far below the 255,000 cases per day in January of 2021. The Delta variant was losing its mojo, and something needed to be done. They couldn't let the masses think they could get back to normal. That wasn't going to work with the Build Back Better Great Reset master plan. And it says the plunge in deaths with COVID to below 800 per day, down 60% from the September high, and down 75% from the January high in a country of 30, 330 million people where 8,000 people die per day from something was endangering their fear-dependent scheme to remake the world in a way to, be, to benefit shadowy globalist Davos billionaires and leave the masses with nothing while being told they are happy. This psychological operation to manipulate the masses into obeying and complying to the commands of totalitarian politicians is being orchestrated by deviant psychopaths whose demonic agenda is clouded in a purposeful fog to obscure their true purpose. There is one thing for certain, whatever they are attempting to accomplish will not be beneficial to you, me, or humanity. Their agenda is designed to benefit from their cronies. But here it is. Who made the decision to ramp up testing from 500,000 per day in early July to 1.9 million per day in early September, a 380% increase? With the faulty PCR test, of course, positive tests, not actual sickness, were going to soar and classifying every death with COVID as a COVID death was going to boost the death totals. But this never-ending fear porn from Fauci and his enablers as CNN and MSNBC was wearing thin and losing its propaganda potency with the American public. Orchestration of this fear campaign for a virus with a 97.7% survival rate has required a full court press consisting of, and he gives a list of CDC, NIH, WHO, WEF, Big Pharma, Big Media, Silicon Valley, Wall Street, and so forth. And it says, as they continually lie to the American public as instructed by their handlers. So the, the propaganda, as you said, what you said if people say, well, you know, I'm not a Christian and I don't, you know, whatever, and I don't believe it, you read the art, read the news. They're using the same terms. It's propaganda. That's what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And if you take that just a little step further, and Pastor Jeff, I don't know if you have another article or not. Do you have another article? Uh, beyond what you just read? I do, but that's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have to step away for just one moment. I'm going to let you take the lead and just share what you want to. But I just wanted to say with what you just read, is that there's no way the people that went to such extreme degrees to demonize Donald Trump and all of his followers and the patriots and the American people, uh, there's no way they could let this 2020 election that's coming up here uh, with governors and so on and so forth in the 2024. So while people are holding back saying, well, we're just going to wait for 2022, we're going to wait for 2024, Donald Trump will come back. These guys are laboring feverishly to keep digging the traps, digging the tunnels, digging the, and, and building the concentration camps. There's no way they could let just a moment go by and then 
the, the risk of Donald running again in 2024, there's no way. So this acceleration that the Spirit is revealing is going to happen because they're going to, they're never going to allow that to happen. And it's God allowing it because of the condition of the church, the condition of our nation. Please continue to speak into this. I have to step away from the mic for just a moment. Minister to the body of Christ. Amen. Well, when um, Pastor Vincent comes back, I want to I want us to elaborate. Like I said, he was talking about a lot when he was talking about the the four shifts, and I told him that I and, and you guys that I wrote down three words: propaganda, racetrack, and the third one was daystar. And I was gonna I wanted him to kind of speak into that, you know, when he was when he was talking, uh, and when he was sharing with us about the four shifts about daystar because there was something that I had in my spirit about Daystar also. But I'll give you the last article, which uh, is uh, different from the other three that I talked about, the Omicron, and what I just read uh, when I said that they needed the Omicron variant, I was saying that, um, you know, the article said, who knows what the end game is, whatever they are attempting to accomplish will not benefit us well one of the one of the end games i believe is 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 through this article here i think we need to be aware that one of the things that's coming is going to be uh mass surveillance and tracking in other words our privacy is going to be uh attacked and it's not going to be like it was in the past i mean big brother so to speak is 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 trying to set up where we won't have any type of privacy for example this article uh, says Democratic South Korea set to adopt China-style mass surveillance system to track COVID. Is this coming to America? Uh, once again, the leaders of a Democratic Western-style country are using the COVID-19 pandemic to implement authoritarian control measures over their people, and it's going to be controlled. They're never going to peacefully let go of. South Korean health officials, with the blessing of the country's government, is set to launch next month in January, will test the tracking of citizens with artificial intelligence, which is known as AI, and also facial recognition software via several thousand CCT surveillance cameras. Of course, CCT, for those that didn't know, stands for closed-circuit TV. Scattered throughout the bustling city of Bucheon, I hope I pronounced it right, just outside of Seoul, Korea. The system aims to monitor the movement and activities of around 800,000 citizens. The program is designed to identify COVID-19 infected residents, who they come into contact with, and how often they put on a mask. Uh, TNA, uh, the organization who, who, who wrote this article, I think that stands for the New, the, uh, New America, that's right, noted that the system is not yet scheduled to extend to the entire country, but it is being hailed as a means of reducing the workload of human coronavirus contact tracers. Though, it's, though it isn't clear how infected residents will actually be identified, perhaps though through an existing database or one the government plans to create specifically for the system, the city of Bouchion is actually funding the project along with the very Orwellian-sounding Ministry of Science and information and communications technology. What's even clearer is that this system isn't needed. The country has only recorded 4,000. 
1,456 COVID-related deaths since the pandemic began throughout South Korea. There have only been about 536,500 cases out of a population of some 52 million people. And here's another reality. In a country where citizen surveillance is encouraged and supported by the majority of the population, it's not likely to receive much pushback from the people. A Brookings Institute report from 2020 notes that South Korean authorities have implemented nationwide surveillance for other purposes as well, including tax fraud. Even before the COVID outbreak, the Korean government collected massive amounts of transaction data for investigating tax fraud. Literally every credit card and bank transaction in Korea is recorded on government databases. During the outbreak, this info was repurposed to retroactively track where people went not just coffee shops and restaurants, but also if they went to bus, if they took buses and subways, the latter two mostly paid for by cashless tools. For example, for, for uh, a patient, and, and they give a fictitious number, number 10422, transactions would have revealed visits to the supermarket, to their favorite burger place, allowing authorities to quickly come quarantine them, and sterilize both locations. Pastor Jeff, that's absolutely amazing information. And um, yeah, this, this is what is rushing at, at an accelerated pace. And these are the things that are coming that people have to be aware of. You will have to please forgive me. I have got to run. Um, I've got something I've got to take care of. And um, I need Amen. to get running right now. As always, okay. thank you. Well, God bless for, you. We pray that God blesses yeah. you as you leave and he counts his angels around you and cover you with Amen. his blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing, brother. God bless your heart. We'll see you next week on the, the, the Pastor Jeff Bass Report next Friday. God bless you, my friend. Shalom. All right, God bless you, man. All right. Take care. All right. That's it for us today. I've got to run. Have a super blessed weekend. This is Pastor Benjamin listening to The Watchman on Omega Radio. We'll see you Tuesday, Lord willing. And uh, just keep your head in the heavens. We'll talk to you real soon. Stay alert. God bless. Bye-bye.